They went to the court. They got the judges to approve it. They put, laid out all the information, and there was a lot of reasons unrelated to the dossier for why they wanted to look at Carter Page. Little Marco. So I took in some Marco Rubio and Trey Gowdy, who was great on Fox yesterday. Here's the long and short of that um, uh, FISA application that came out Friday night. Ah, the old Carter Page steel dossier mess. And this Exciting is, stuff. And this is from Marco and Trey, which seem to agree on this and see if you can handle some that's on one side and some that's on the other side from this story. I hope that's not too complicated. Um, I'll never listen again, but go ahead. The FBI didn't do anything wrong in uh, deciding to take a look into Carter Page's life based on the fact that he had lots of Russian connections, bragged about his Russian connections, and then was working in the Trump campaign. Uh, Rubio and Trey Gowdy both said that that was perfectly okay. FBI did nothing wrong. They also said there is not one bit of evidence that the Trump campaign colluded with, collaborated with, worked with Russia to influence our elections. None. Zero. And as Trey Gowdy said, trust me, if there was any, Adam Schiff would have leaked it out by now. Mm. But there is zero. So the FBI did nothing wrong in looking at Page, and there's nothing there. Those I realize that helps one side and hurts the other side, depending on how you look at it. But I know where the danger is for Trump, and it's something we've discussed a little bit. And, and the Cohen tapes uh, are what reminded me of it. Cohen, his deal, his main deal, the reason he has a lot of money and he does have a lot of money is his father-in-law is a Ukrainian oligarch type. He's a rich guy from Ukraine. Um, and, and Cohen's pretty well connected with a bunch of heavyweight Ukrainian semi-mobsters. Of course, if you're operating in that part of the world and you've got a lot of money, you're a semi-mobster because you're operating at the, the, the pleasure and the whim of Putin and Putin types in that part of the world. But anyway, um, so they made him a zillion dollars in investing in uh, taxi cab licenses, which used to be incredibly valuable. Not so much now, thanks, Uber and Lyft. Um, but anyway, that's how he made his money associated with those guys. If he is also Trump's fixer, and Trump was uh, had some financial troubles here and there, and, and, and Cohen said, look, and I, I know some guys with some serious money. We can probably figure something out here. And Mueller wanders from collusion to financial uh, hijinks to what happened in the 90s or whatever. Then there could be some uh, some unfortunate, uh, you know, malfeasance brought to the fore. He might be charged with some sort of, you know, financial, uh, like I say, malfeasance for a way crime back in the day. He, for a crime he committed 20 years yes. before he got elected president. But it will have absolutely zero, zero, zero to do with alleged collusion. And remember, collusion is kind of a made-up word. Unless you commit an act of treason, there's nothing wrong with it. There may be something wrong with it politically, but not legally. Getting back to the sex stuff and whether or not that's going to matter. So if there is a tape that we would hear with Donald J. Trump's voice on it, that will make it clear he did have an affair with somebody. Would have that have an effect? This is an interesting little graph. Under Barack Obama, who was a regular churchgoer with a mostly scandal-free presidency, certainly on personal scandals, none that I can think of. Doting husband and father. Yeah, yeah. Or so it would seem. Only 30% of white evangelicals said they would accept immoral personal behavior by an elected official. Wasn't a problem. They didn't, because there wasn't any immoral personal behavior by Barack Obama. He wore that brown suit once that got a lot of people. Oh, upset. that's right. Yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> Under President Donald Trump, 72% of evangelicals said they would accept immorality. So it went from 30% would be okay with it to 72% would be okay with Slight it. Slight increase. Changing presidents. Why? I don't know. That's humanity for you. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. 
For all Americans, though, it has moved. Um, not just white evangelicals, Protestants. For all Americans, it's gone from 44% would be okay with it to 61% would be okay with it. Some of that is just the change in world. For better or worse, I'd say it's probably worse, that we just are less judgmental about that sort of thing. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Listen, and it would be easy to brand it as hypocrisy. And it is in a way. Uh, but everything's uh, everything's a negotiation. Everything's a question of, you know, do, am I going to take this job or that job? Am I going to, you know, do this or that? It's usually a number of factors, and it adds up to that's good enough, or it adds up to that's so bad I'm out. It's rarely one thing. If I have my guy appointing my judges with policies I like, and he's morally indefensible, yeah, I'll probably put up with it. That's how human beings are. And if it's the other guy pointing judges I find appointing judges I find reprehensible with terrible policies that are leading us towards some sort of socialist nightmare, well then yeah, no no, I'm not going to put up with immoral stuff. That's just the way humans are. I wonder if that graph tracks with my view of it where uh when Clinton's scandal broke, his personal failings and then there was a lot of talk of, well, Kennedy did this and FDR did this and well, half the presidents we've had did this sort of thing. Um, was it better to keep it quiet at the time? And I thought, no, no, no having these things quiet is never a good idea. And then I've since changed it. Yeah, it's none. Of, I don't care. I don't want to know. I don't need to know. And we're not talking about Bill's alleged rapine. No, 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 no. No, just uh, affairs. Che- cheating on his wife. Consensual. That's between him and his wife. And I, and I don't think it's got anything to do with their ability to be to run Ford Motor Company or be president or anything else. Right. Man or a woman. Oh, man. Oh, and so maybe that, that is not, you know, becoming more forgiving of Trump. It's just we're moving that direction of leave the personal stuff, you know, do what you do in your personal life. I don't know. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because it reminds me of something I was determined to talk about today. I was uh, chatting with a bloke uh, very recently. And he works for a company you've heard of. Um, and... um. In the past, try not to be too specific. I would never come back to haunt him or her. Um, this guy, Orgal, said to me, pointed out that their CEO had gotten caught up in a scandal of, uh, of uh, heterosexual nature and was booted. This CEO w- was extremely effective, imaginative, Visionary type. In the bedroom, or you mean for the company? Oh, boy. Thanks, thanks for helping me clarify. Uh, in, in his running of the company. Why don't you put on some Mickey Mouse ears? <laughs> Talking a high voice like you're a mouse. <laughs> Would that be weird? I got a rodent thing. <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> but listen, this is a serious point. This is This is important. And it, it gets back to our discussion of that uh, James Gunn director dude who was fired from the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a billion-dollar movie franchise because of some 10-year-old tweets of really edgy jokes when he was a comedian. Um, and, you know, you could say Roseanne, although she's a crazy person. But this guy was running the company beautifully, and thousands and thousands of families were making their house payments Buying medicine for their children, educating their children, 
paying taxes, et cetera, et cetera. Living. Uh, yeah, living. Uh, real people. I mean, uh, you know, the folks, the folks like you, the, your neighbors, everything was going great. But then there was some stuff, and it was not anything awful. It was just against policy. This guy gets caught doing some stuff that's maybe not uh, approved, and they had to sack him. And the company went, whoo, straight downhill. Layoffs, huge decline in profits, lack of direction now. Many, 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 many more jobs are now at risk. Many, many more families are afraid that their American dream is crumbling. Devil's advocate question, so it's okay if the guy's, like, good at his job? Maybe. Maybe. Getting back to my my rambling point about it's the totality of things that leads you to the attitudes you have and the decisions that you make. Tell me justice was done. Couldn't be a slap on the wrist, a fine, a stern lecture, literally pull down his pants in the middle of the conference room and have each member of the board of directors hit him with a fraternity paddle or something like that. To sack the guy and do that to all those families, that was justice? That was a good idea? I don't like hypocrisy. I don't like fake virtue. I'm not a big fan of double standards, although some are are appropriate. But isn't that a bit of an ethics quandary? Some double standards are appropriate. It's a pretty funny line. You have a double standard on double standards. (laughs) I don't see it that way. This double standard's okay. That one's not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you see what I'm driving at. Please, Captain Ethics, where are you when we need you? Yeah, well, would you rather have a boss, CEO of your company that you never even see? You have no interaction with, you'll never meet in your life. Right. Would you rather have one that, you know, causes the company to grow by 20% and we all make more money who cheats on his wife, or one where it stays flat or goes down, but he's, you know, really, really good and honest? <laughs> well, why would I? Why would it make any difference to me? What about a, a company where the rule is you're not allowed to date a subordinate? And you're the CEO, and you're dating a gal from work. Yeah. I I think trying to police that is a fool's errand, since that's where most people meet their uh, their partners in life, especially more so in modern life than ever. I would like to hear uh, philosophers more heavy in weight than me. Not literally, because there are a few that are heavier than me after <laughs> this weekend. That's right. That's right, Michael. Um, I'd like to hear them debate the idea of justice in that situation, because it'd be easy to make the pro getting rid of them point. How are you going to have any discipline in the ranks if you don't do that? Sure. If it's in the ethics, you will be you will be relieved of your duties for this. Um, you'd have rampant dating of subordinates and and all the problems and lawsuits that would cause. We really didn't have any choice. On the other hand, those you know dozens, hundreds, thousands, depending on the size of the company. Um, of families, and this is not a theoretical discussion. This was a real company with real loss of jobs. All those families, if you could go to them as they're trying frantically to sell their house because they can't make their payment anymore, ask those families whether they should have gotten rid of the boss who was doing such a great job. It's a tough one, man. Yeah, well, yeah. And then if you allow that in the workplace, you get sued and... The only way you can avoid that is make those blanket rules if people can't date. This is the situation we've gotten ourselves into. Even though everybody, you know, spends a lot of their time at work and that's how you meet people. Right. A 
blanket rule sounds very comfortable. <laughs> Some double standards are all right. That one's good. That one's bad. Our new blanket rule, no blankets in the office. <laughs> oh, I'm cold. If you think it's too cold, have somebody lower air conditioning. <laughs> Raise it. Anyway. Uh, How about quilts? <laughs> Wouldn't mind hearing your opinion on this stuff on the text line. 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. Yeah, how about comforters? We'll get back here. By the way, among non-religious people, it has stayed flat at about two-thirds of people don't care about the personal shortcomings. Do duvets count? Because they're godless. Duvets do not count. (laughs) A duvet is all right, then. That's correct. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Wiped the footprints off my dash, tore up those sun faded photographs through. So coming home from the fair, my son wasn't feeling so good, having eaten a bunch of junk and ridden a bunch of spinny rides. (laughs) That's a life lesson. And it'd been a long time since I'd been in this situation with a passenger in the car saying, don't go around those corners so fast. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, those bumps are killing me. Can you drive any slower? He'll be having the similar conversation probably when he's older, but... Ticking time bomb. He never blew, though, did he? No. No. He didn't eat that much bad. So he had a he had a giant ice cream sundae, then rode something that spun you around and around. I could have never done that. And a little cotton candy as well. Yeah, oh yeah. We yeah. mm. <laughs> sick to my stomach. And actually I threw up yesterday. There's a fair goer. He got it. This is the advantage of being eight. He got off this ride that spins you right, right round like a record baby. Yeah. And then he, he walks off of this thing and he lays down on the pavement. He's going, <laughs> Oh, oh, I wanna go again. I wanna go again. That's the advantage of being eight. Wow. <laughs> wow. I couldn't even hardly look at him without wanting to throw up. Oh, man. I hear the story I want to throw yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is some interesting analysis of the way things actually work. 18 months after Donald J. came to Washington promising to drain the swamp, his presidency is proving to be a mixed bag for the regional economy. This is from the WAPO where they care about the regional economy. I just care about it big picture-wise. But far from gutting Washington's biggest economic asset, the federal government, practically the only asset, it's the only thing that's made in the district, uh, the direction of federal spending under a Republican-controlled Congress is creating winners and losers on different sides of the Potomac. Job growth has softened in the district in suburban Maryland. That's where your, your, uh, your government types and your lobbyists and your lawyers are, are doing their thing, and your federal employees. But in the outlying suburbs of Northern Virginia, where defense and intelligence contracts are a major source of business, promise of new defense spending is breathing life into a once stagnant job market. So, as has been true of uh, every administration and every Congress and every Senate of both parties, no matter what they say, the spending just keeps growing. The priorities are just different. Mm. And so if, if you know, if Donald J., for instance, he says, we're going to spend less on stuff you don't like, Joe, I get this perception that, yeah, yeah, we're cutting spending. Although 
<laughs> over here, right on the defense and intelligence side, they're throwing more money than ever at it, and it grows and it grows and it grows. Interesting. Yep. I heard a good, great analysis of why there will be a uh, blue wave in November, and the uh, the Dems are likely to have a really good day. Uh, one, just historically, that's what happens, even with really popular presidents. So it's the most common thing to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not some sort of crazy reaction to Trump. It's just what happens. It's what happened to Obama. It's what happened to Bush. It's what happened to Clinton. It's the way it's been going for 30 years. Elect somebody, and then there's a real big backlash the other way. But anyway, aside from that. And do you it, know what that is? Because we go through the campaign believing all the S they yep, tell us right. and believing everything that's said about the opponent and how they are the Antichrist personified, et cetera, et cetera. And we all get whipped up. Yep. And then we're, and then we're disappointed with the reality of it. <laughs> Every single time. It's like the eight-year-old never grows up and keeps getting on the ride. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one reason is that the midterms are all about enthusiasm and turnout. Uh, turnout is an unbelievably low. Only for presidential elections do we even get around, you know, 50% or abo- uh, slightly above. Mm-hmm. All the other elections, hardly anybody turns out, you know, see uh, the, the the hot socialist from, uh, from New York. Right. 20,000 people turned out to vote. So all the enthusiasm with the Democrats, more than usual, because the Republicans, you got two groups. You got the group that liked Trump for his taxes in the Supreme Court picks, but they're embarrassed by him on a lot of other levels and don't even really want to say out loud that they support him. Mm-hmm. And that group is not real enthusiastic about going to the polls for a midterm election. Then the hardcore Trump, Trump supporters, they hate the current Republican Party. They hate all of they hate the, they're all the swamp. Oh, right. So they're not motivated to go and reelect that person, man or a woman. So between that, you could get a real drubbing in terms of turnout. Right. I keep hearing there's plenty of energy in the Democrat Party, but uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. We will. It would be shocking if there's not a giant blue wave. I mean, like I said, that historically, that's what we do. Mm. Interesting. For some reason. Maybe your reason is the right one. So getting back to the employment thing, just briefly, Donald J. has indeed, and he and his administration, shrunk the actual uh, federal employment in the D.C. area by about 7,000 jobs. So they are shrinking that part of the government, even as they're growing other expenditures, which I found so interesting. So total jobs has shrunk 7,000 under Trump? Uh, federal jobs within the district and um, uh, federal employment in the D.C. area. Okay. But like contractors, defense contractors, intelligence contractors, all those people, that's growing like crazy. Mm. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, from Twitter bombing Iran to hosting a Made in America White House special, a very busy day for President Trump. Got a new study how cell phone radiation is affecting your memory and Roseanne's shocking meltdown. No. Coming up. Wait a second. Cell phone radiation might be affecting my memory? Yep. Say what? (laughs) Well, that'd be reason enough to put down your phone if that's true. Here's a study I'll pay attention to. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Line 415-295-KFTC got this text. We had to pull over to let my daughter throw up on the way home from the state fair last year. (laughs) I figure we did it right. I was actually wondering that. If my son throws up, does that mean I am a bad parent or a great parent? (laughs) (laughs) 
Because uh, I good. let him indulge whatever he wanted to eat and ride the ride. He had a big day. He'll never forget this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says President Trump is not trying to divert attention from his Russian controversies by going after Iran. Outside the White House this morning, Sanders said Trump has the ability to focus on more than one issue at a time, unlike a lot of those in the media. Look, the president's responding to uh, Iran, and he's not going to allow them to continue to make threats against America. If anybody is inciting anything, uh, look no further than to Iran. Late last night, President Trump issued an all-caps threat to Iran after the country's president said earlier in the day that pursuing hostilities against his country could lead to the mother of all wars. Trump writing to Iranian President Rouhani, never ever threaten the United States again or you'll suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. We are no longer a country that will stand for your demented words of violence and death. Be cautious. It would seem the Trump administration has launched their offensive of, of, of verb verbiage and, and economic tools, etc., yep. against Iran, trying to squeeze the regime, trying to get a little uh, change in that, that uh, place. Now, I hope they don't come back with, yeah, you're still the great Satan. Oh, yeah, now we're at war. But I don't think that'll happen. I think it's about uh, crushing uh, financial sanctions and, and, like I say, trying to put the squeeze on that regime. It's bold. Where will it end? Meanwhile, ever the showman, President Trump is hosting a Made in America showcase at the White House this afternoon. The White House says the event will highlight products from all 50 states. They include iconic American brands like Campbell Soup and Lockheed Martin, which is going to have a model F-35 fighter jet on the White House lawn. Oh, cool. They're going to have that those uh, manufacturers, and they're going to have smaller uh, manufacturers, people who make wine, brooms, horseshoes, and animal feed. Brooms, hmm. <laughs> our, our state makes this giant, cool fighter plane. Our state makes broom. We got this broom here. You push it. It's called a push broom. <laughs> it's for your garages and such. <laughs> yeah, Trump's expected to defend his uh, controversial tariffs on some imported uh, products. Tariffs have sparked fears of an international trade war. But anyway, this should be quite the spectacle. Him huh? wandering around the uh, White House pointing out brooms and jets. <laughs> Radiation, it turns out, from smartphones could trigger memory loss. At least it does in teenagers. New research out of Switzerland looked at nearly 700 adolescents ages 12 to 17. And the scientists were looking at the link between their daily exposure to radio frequency electromagnetic fields and their memory performance. They found the effects of RF-EMF exposure was more pronounced in participants using their smartphone on the right side of their head and the cumulative exposure Who to mobile... Who puts their phone up to their head? And the cumul- You'd have to talk on it. Nobody talks on their phone. And the cumulative exposure to mobile devices over the course of the year negatively affects the figural memory. That's the type of memory... Figural! That's the type of memory (laughs) that refers to our ability to make sense of objects, including images, patterns, and shapes, and takes place in the right hemisphere of the brain. They've also discovered, you were talking about holding it up to your head, they also discovered that playing games, sending text messages, and browsing the internet causes some RF-EMF exposure as well. So little by little, it could be eating away at your memory banks. Well, that's nice. Roseanne Barr, 
trying to correct her earlier meltdown after Thursday's release of a shocking clip titled Roseanne Explains the Valerie Jarrett Tweet. In this video, Barr appeared angry and disordered and smoked a cigarette while arguing with a producer. And I warn you, this is fairly rough. I'm trying to talk about Iran. I'm trying to talk about Valerie Jarrett wrote the Iran deal. Know, you, you That's what my tweet was about. I know. You've explained this literally 300 times. I thought the bitch was white. God damn it. I thought the bitch was white. God, you sound completely <laughs> berserk. And that wow. video is on her official channel. Yeah. She put that out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She was, hey, this is me on my rehabilitation campaign. Right? Uh, where are we on posting the I thought the bitch was white video? <laughs> That's up? Oh, good. <laughs> I thought that really captured my better side. Wow. Oh. <laughs> You wouldn't wow, be surprised if she, if she leapt on somebody and started biting into their neck. <laughs> Ate their face like some Floridian. <laughs> as, uh, as Positive Sean was pointing out, Roseanne's son and she apparently are in the process of creating unvarnished content for her YouTube uh, channel. Oh, was that her poor beleaguered boy that oh, we heard in the background? Yes. Yeah, you've explained that literally like 300 times. <laughs> Yes. Some of the polls, all of them. Please, Mom, listen to me about the Internet. Please. <laughs> right. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Here I'm starting a Getty show, The Conscience of the Nation. If it's controversial, we can just take it down. No, that's not the way it works. No, no, no. God, can, can we hear the ending part of that again? She sounds like a person completely unhinged. Sure. Here you go. I'm trying to talk about Iran. I'm trying to talk about Valerie Jarrett wrote the Iran deal. That's what my tweet was about. I know. You've explained this literally 300 times. I thought the bitch was white. God damn it. I thought the bitch was white. It sounds like she's going to charge out of the woods and attack campers. I mean, she's got blood dripping from her teeth. (laughs) Holding a human head. Blood in her eyes from whatever. <laughs> Sorry. That was apropos of nothing. Uh, wow, 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 wow. I think she's uh, lost it a little. My Poor wife, gal, a lot of pressure. My wife got stuck in traffic the other day and uh, took a video. I want to play the audio from that coming up, among <laughs> other things. During the petering out on the Armstrong and Getty show. When she was an American girl. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Street lights along the highway, throwing shadows in the dark. What do you girls think of the traffic today? Yeah. What do you think of the traffic? It's my wife driving home with a couple of sheep in her truck, stuck in traffic. (laughs) And talking to them. What do you think of the traffic? Well, not only talking to them, asking them questions. Which they answer. Sounds like me, though. Nah. That's true. Hey, Joe, what do you think of the traffic today? Nah. 
<laughs> and we get a text every single day from somebody who says, will you play this song? It's raining tacos from out of the sky. Tacos, no need to ask why. And you Just think this will stop them from texting? That's enough. I just wanted to get through the my favorite part of the line, which is just open your mouth and close your eyes. And no need to ask why? Never mind the rat apocalypse that is going to beset your city if it rains tacos. The rotting of the meat. Can you imagine with, you know, summer weather? Good Lord. Like, what is the terminal velocity on a taco? How high up are these things falling from? Yeah, right? it'd be gross. It could hurt. You'd have rats everywhere. It would smell awful. Right, right. Oh, gosh. Make a Sharknado seem like a treat. The guacamole got that, that corpse color after a day. Please. <laughs> there is no worse color than guacamole after an oh, hour. No, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's shocking. Rotting flesh. Hey, oh, boy. Joe, is a taco a sandwich? Yes, of course. The delicious Mexican sandwich that is the taco. According to a judge, that's right. Yeah. It's uh, not. According to me, for years. So, listen, um, I, wow. See, you know, okay, this is wisdom. We received earlier today an absolutely no- lovely note from a lady who never misses a show. Awesome. On uh, the mighty AM760, talking breaking news. Uh, and I accepted it graciously. Now here's a bitter, sarcastic, uh, you suck, I'll never listen again note. And I penned a bitter, sarcastic reply. Why? <laughs> Because it seemed like the right thing to do. Do we know what part she didn't like? It's a he. What part he didn't like? Listener, I will quote. Listener for many years finally realized it's just a gossip show. Used to think the two of you had some intellect. Boy, have I been deluded. Haven't listened for a couple weeks till today. Thought I'd give it one more shot. Ha, ha, ha. Bye-bye. All right. So I penned back. Boy, you're right. You've gotten through to us. What a perceptive point. And intended to help and not just be a pissy comment. Ha, ha, ha. Best wishes. <laughs> wow. I Was there any need for that? They're never going to come back. Well, I haven't sent it yet. Oh, okay. I thought I'd run it by you. I thought it was kind of nice. I thought there was a, a symmetry to it. I think some kinda sort of... Kind of matched the rhythm of the original. I think some sort of sincere, uh, really hate to hear that. I hope you give us another try. Forget that. Perhaps they <laughs> I'm thank a counter you for all the years. Yeah, thank you for all the years. That's they a good hit. One. I hit back even harder. Yes, that's right. That's that's the Joe way. Mm. I don't even think my reply is sarcastic enough. Sincerity. You want me to go with sincerity? All right, if I have to. So tomorrow we might get into more of the details of comparing 30-somethings in the 70s to 30-somethings of today. Mm. And um, the changing, well, just changing all kinds of stuff. Now, we, I, we've, we've got a different structure to society, no doubt. It, well, and... Some if, of it cause, some of it effect. If, um, I think you and I were looking at the same data. I came at it from a different uh, direction, but... There are a number of aspects of life that have changed on millennials. Right. That's why I say. It's a very different world. You know, you can say, look, they're not getting married. They got no sense of responsibility, blah, 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 blah. But it's a different world. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard to know what causes what. Anyway, they're talking about the percent, the, the much smaller percentage of people that get married and have kids. 
Um, well, is that an economics thing or is that just a cultural, I don't want to have kids. I want to, you know, go to Europe and have some fun or whatever or before both. I settle down or both. Um, that, that'd be impossible to really nail down. Um, more, I know the New York- more risk averse, it says here, people, people back in the seventies, if you pulled them, they didn't feel like they needed to have certain financial goals met before they started a family. You just started your family young and your family was poor. <laughs> right. And then you all got more money as you went along. Now right. there's an attitude of you got to have a certain this and that before you start your family. Yeah. I, I heard at a fairly young age, if you wait till you can afford to have children and you never have them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's, I found out that was true. Yeah, we were pretty, uh, our belts were quite tight. My belt is tight now for a different reason, Michael. I'm sure you'd like. Yeah, it was, it was fine. It was great. Just yeah. learned to get by. We lived in a uh, apartment when I was four and a rental duplex when I was five. If they'd waited until they owned a home, I would have been, I'd be, well, my parents would be much older than they are, and I'd be, I mean, I don't know what I would be. I'd be a child now. We lived in a, <laughs> uh, as I've mentioned before, we lived in a crappy apartment uh, for a while when I was a little kid, um, and all I got out of it was great memories and some good stories. It was fine. I was a little kid. I didn't care. Had no effect on my life whatsoever when we yeah. lived in an apartment. I, I, I picked I don't up think, my... those apartment years. I hate to even think of them. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I remember being aware that my parents were kind of pissed off about the place. Um, but I was fine. I was running around with yeah. all my little friends. Yeah. Getting dirty all day long. Huh. It was fine. But anyway, so we'll get into some of those stats tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As for today, good. we got nothing. Luckily, the show's over. Well, I got uh, I got uh, my reply to write, Dear A-Hole. <laughs> Again, it's... Hmm. But that's a cut and paste, right? Because you've got that <laughs> template. Oh, it yeah. starts with Dear A-Hole, and then you just fill in some specifics. Sure. Well, it's either that or the Why I Oughta template. So... I'm a There you go. It's almost got a... Uh, 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 who's the dude from Primus? Somebody, any music freak? Somebody, Herman anybody? Melville. No, but no. <laughs> what? Les Claypool, right? Here's now. your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap up the show. Uh, Marshall Phillips, final thought. I'm going to be skipping on out of here to collect my Molinari winnings. Yes, indeed. Another Gambling fi- on sports, it's good for you. Another financial investment comes through. It's illegal. Somebody ought to call the cops. Michelangelo, final thought. Yeah, I was uh, 10 years old, and I remember my grandmother waving to me as I rode the Tilt-A-Whirl, and I was begging the carny to stop the ride because I was getting sick, and she just kept waving and smiling. (laughs) Oh, Granny. Positive Sean, what's your final thought? Yeah, so remember last week they they discovered that sarcophagus that had been untouched for two millennia? Well, they opened it, and we have not descended into darkness and chaos. So I think, hey, you got to hooray for small victories, right? No curse? Damn, I was rooting for the curse. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Two things. One, yes, my wife was driving with sheep inside the truck. Yes, they were in there, enjoying the traffic and the ride together, <laughs> listening to the music. Two, and talking. will Iran take the bait? They've got to be having a discussion, right? So do we say death to America and see what happens? Or do we hold off? They might. Yeah, yeah. And I still say the uh, the superpower response is going to be economic, not military. But we shall see. Uh, my final thought just flitted out of my head. What was it going to be? Sheep, cars, talking traffic, millennials, Iran. It was none of that. The mummies. So I was riding a ride at the fair when flitted I was like right five years old and my brother was three. 
And it was one of those things you sit on it and you spin the thing in the middle and you can make oh, yourself yeah. spin. Like the teacup tea ride, yeah. 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 And I was really spinning it fast. And apparently, unbeknownst to me, my brother was looking really, really sick and green. And apparently, and I didn't realize this, my dad was yelling, Stop! He's getting sick! <laughs> but I just kept spinning it until my brother yacked. And then when I got up, my dad said, Didn't you see me? Didn't you hear me? Couldn't you see that he was getting sick? And we were spinning around. <laughs> I just kept spinning it faster and faster. Smile on my face. He's green. Slumped over. <laughs> nice. Nice compassion, Jack. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. We apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. Bye-bye. Did you just womp-womp the womp-womping of the dinging of the ding? How dare you? Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.